Welcome to X-Rated Movies, a podcast by two guys that used to date and now they don't. And we haven't for 20 seasons <laughs> of this crazy podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Ryan Whedon. I'm another one of your hosts, Matthew Fisher. Uh, Ryan, I noticed that you're not wearing your jockstrap today. Why, why are you objectifying me? That makes me uncomfortable. Well, it's because when you hit record and then you situate yourself here, your butt usually like comes you know within punching distance of me okay uh and it's like what else am i gonna look at while you're finding your seat well i want to say first of all i understand i'm biking a ton right now so my ass looks amazing so it's i understand why it's hard not to look at it but and here's my big butt maybe look at the cat i don't know well, I mean, the cat's not always there. Also, like, you went to go check on Extreme's, like, bowel stuff. So I, I got I got a f- eyeful already. And you're already thinking about butts. <laughs> yeah, well, always. In, in the fight club scenario of do you get the, the ass or the crotch, you always give me the butt. Well, I don't think there'd be a way in this situation for me to give you the crotch unless I came out, like, crab walk style. <laughs> Well, no, because it's when you're walking over the table. You oh. could easily face me while you're walking over the table. I'd have to turn around as I'm coming back. I'll try it next time. Wait, I'll wait, let you know how would easy you? it is. Well, because I'm walking this way, I just step over. But you, you step over the table, hit record, and step back. Like it's a vertical motion. Uh, I don't know. I like don't know you, why. you could be facing me. Well... I'll try it and see how that works next time. It's not that I'm leering. It's not like I'm trying to catch a glimpse, but it's it's right there. Mm-hmm, I can't mm-hmm. help but notice. It's like it'd be like you saying, "Like, why are you looking at that microphone?" <laughs> <laughs> I just picture like in your brain, you see me up there, and it's like Terminator style, like scanning around, <laughs> just like no jockstrap, no jockstrap, and as I like step over, it's, it's actually like, like Predator, boop, 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 boop. where it's just like a heat map. <laughs> Okay. But just for jockstrap, so it's like everything's like a big blur, but like when your jockstrap is there, there's just like a Red. blue line. <laughs> okay, uh-huh. I see. Yeah. I mean, I've never gotten like the full moon or anything like that. I, I just last time or two times ago, like, you know, it was just visible mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. that it wasn't a full patch quilt. Ooh, maybe we should make that a new tier. On Patreon. Your nudes? Yeah. <laughs> if you pay 20 bucks a month, you'll get to see Ryan naked? I'll post a nude a month. This is the way to make money. <laughs> I can I can, go, I can, get... So we were just talking off pod about um, uh, uh, young people making money off their bodies and how if I were 20 years old now, I'd probably be online selling that sweet, sweet content. <laughs> Can-tent, my can. Mm-hmm. You'll I'd do also, it while wearing headphones. I'd also make it funny, yeah. Um, but uh, you're like, I love it in the can. <laughs> and uh, now I could maybe do it this way with Patreon subscribers. <laughs> hmm. Sure. Would anybody be interested in that? I'm just going to throw it out there. Okay. Uh, a 40 year old otter. <laughs> That's got to be the name of the tier, right? Well, yeah. It'll make that the $30 tier. Alex Martinez, please get out there. Put Ryan's face on that 40-year-old virgin poster. (laughs) 
So on that topic, Matt. Yeah. When are you going to do a porno? <laughs> when am I? No one wants to see that. Uh-huh. You'd be surprised. Ugh, I would be surprised. <laughs> like, I don't even know what tribe I fall into. Like, I'm not a wolf. Like, I'm definitely in the daddy zone. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even know if you're hairy or not. I got a thatch, but I'm not like... If you were into hair, I wouldn't meet your requirements. Like, you check off the sum hair. Well, yeah, because it's like... The chest, like right at like the sternum, like I got, I got a healthy amount of hair there, mm-hmm. and I got happy trail hair. Okay. Other than that, like I'm always worried about the hair on my arm, like because that's just gonna creep to my back one of these days. It hasn't yet, thankfully. Hey, no. there's nothing wrong with back and shoulder hair. I'm covered in it. <laughs> Are you? Yeah. Oh, I have worn tank tops and sleeveless shirts many times while recording this podcast. I'm a little offended that you haven't noticed. You know what I objectify. Like, jock straps. Right, exactly. Okay. Well, jock straps, like, perfectly frame something. Like, mm-hmm. you know, that whole region. All right. If you see a guy with uh, no pants and a shirt. <laughs> like uh, like a Burt Reynolds in that one uh, photo shoot where he's, like, just wearing a football jersey and you see his hairy butt and he's, like, smiling. The his his playgirl yeah 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 like that well at least that was like tasteful he was like laying down or whatever but no like a guy without a shirt is hot like it, sure guy wearing jeans shorts jean shorts no shirt that that guy can be hot reverse it where he's wearing a buttoned up jean jacket and no pants. Not not as hot, right? Yeah, it's a look. Throw a jock strap on him, though. Okay, yeah. Now it's at least workable. Now like we're there, talking. There's something there to that. Uh, I don't know. Jock strap is like it's better than naked. Sometimes I feel. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that is the tagline for Matt Fisher's jock strap line. <laughs> better than naked. <laughs> And on the back, you could have a picture of like somebody not where that is what you just described. You could have a before and an after, basically. You could have one where it's like, uh oh, <laughs> and then one where it's like, mm hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, ironically, like my waistline does not uh, lend itself well to jock straps. Not not with these love handles. What, what you're saying is you're a boxer's man. Oh, uh, boxer briefs. Okay. Definitely, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Boxers are too boxy. <laughs> You can't fit those in my pants. It's a lot of flowy fabric. I never understood boxers. They bunch up. Like, I wore them in high school, and then, like, once realizing the miracle of boxer briefs, I never went back. Yeah, I wore them because they were the style at the time. Yeah. Along with my onion on my <laughs> belt. belt. Um, but that you bought with nickels with bees on them. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Give me two bees for a quarter, you'd say. No, no, ladies out there, would, uh, what do you say? I, I got a new brassiere for you that uh, comes with a lot of fringe. <laughs> just extra fabric and it's loose yeah just how, how do you want just silk fringe Ugh. off your on your brassiere for everyday wear yeah not like not like lingerie this this is your work bra yeah i want the least amount of fabric down there but i also i mean i want coverage because yeah. i need i i don't want you know my bits rubbing up against my my pants oh no never i need 
that washable underlayer. Your boys need a home. Right. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Boxers, they're dumb. I also don't think that they look super sexy. No, they're shorts. Like, you know, if I'm undressing a guy and he's got boxers, like... Boxer briefs, uh, trunks, jockstrap. Like, boxers are really the worst option for, for male yeah. undergarments. Yeah, I don't know how they were ever a thing. Like, why not just wear long johns? Or a skirt. Like, what the fuck? I'm so, glad uh, so this all stemmed from this. you wanting to see my, my OnlyFans channel? Well, yeah, somebody wants to. We'll make that the $40 tier. <laughs> no, mine should be the $40 tier. 40-year-old... Otter, $40. You get a thirst trap once a month. And so what I'll do is send my nudes to all the Patreons, and they have to pay $36 for it to stop. Hey. (laughs) That should be a tier. Oh, we'll we'll get plenty of tears after those first rounds of nudes. of nudity <laughs> this is the same transition i did for showgirls <laughs> <laughs> today's movie has a hell of a lot of nudity yeah i mean we've done movies with more nudity i think showgirls, showgirls. <laughs> uh today's movie being spring breakers Woo-hoo! Uh, <laughs> 2012 by Harmony Corinne, clocking in at a solid 94 minutes. Uh, yeah. Welcome to spring, y'all. Uh, yeah, I chose this one specifically because this is uh, going to be our first episode of the official spring season. Right. It's April. It's April. Uh, we didn't do an episode during the actual like first day of spring or around it, so right. this is the closest one we got. Uh, we mentioned this at the end of our uh uh, Rainier Werner film bender. That this is sort of the movie that turned the tide for us. Yeah. With with Harmony Corinne. Yeah. I mean, this has been on my list since the podcast started. It's time we fleshed it out. We got to get these heavy hitters out of the way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is only my second viewing, and this is this movie's a little bit of a puzzlement for me because I like the movie. Yeah. But I don't completely understand why and i'm kind of hoping that through talking about it with you we can kind of uh figure it out because this this movie has a lot of elements to it that i feel like on paper i wouldn't like but for some reason it all just adds up to something that is really enjoyable well what do you think that you wouldn't like like if you saw this movie well like the first time i saw and even this time too like starting up the the opening skrillex title sequence very memorable this is slow motion girls gone wild style action yeah just titties in your face it's like straight people grossness like it's the kind of stuff that gives me anxiety a lot of this movie gave me anxiety (laughs) and that i still don't understand the skrillex music like the first time i watched it i was just like i don't understand young people music anymore and this is like the first moment of realizing that you used to be with it but then they changed what it was exactly and now it's it is weird and scary to you yeah 
And I still kind of feel that way about that song. But um, it starts off in a big hole. It's got a lot, a big hole to come out of for me. Okay. And it does. Both both times I've seen this, I'm like, by the end, I'm like, I really like that. And I don't know how. Does does the beginning of it, like when you think of it now, having experienced the whole movie, does your perception of the beginning change at all? Mm-mm. No? No. I still think it's awful to watch, and I don't like the music. And Do you feel it fits the tone of the movie? Oh, 100%. Okay. I think, like, the closest I've come to kind of understanding it is... Um, remember when we did Wild at Heart, and you were talking about the cinematographer saying his grandma watched it and he was mortified and then she was like oh no i loved it it reminded me of being a kid mm-hmm. that this movie was has the editor but continue so, yeah the editor said that and like this movie kind of has that for me like it takes me back to being a 20 20 early 20 year old and just like the shit i would get into honestly like and- i don't think you can make a more timestamp movie and a lot of filmmakers want their movies to be evergreen and it really feels like harmony corinne set out to make this, this is the early aughts. This is what was popular. This is what kids were doing. And I think that it's actually more powerful for being so time-stamped. It speaks to, like, a specific youth culture. Like, this is, like, you know, the first generation of kids graduating that that their first phone was a smartphone. You know, we... uh, I grew up on MTV... Sure, they grew up on MTV. Um, but, like, a specific type of MTV, because they're all into Britney Spears. Yeah. Like, well, exa- yeah, yeah. Like, they, these are people who came of age in the 2000s, as opposed to, like, you and I that came of age in the 90s. Right. But, I don't know, th- there's a lot of interesting things, and I don't know if I want to, like, go into my whole thesis on the movie just quite yet. I, I want to hear your feelings on the matter. But you, So you say that it makes you... It, it makes reminds me feel old. you of feeling young. It makes me feel old, but it reminds me of what it was like to be a 20-year-old and, like, the shit I would get into. Like, specifically, there's, like, moments when they're just starting spring break and they're, like, hanging out in the pool or, like, when they're riding the scooters and things like that. And it's, like, I can remember being a young dumb college student and like getting drunk and just doing stupid shit i mean that said also like as a queer kid it was it's it's a little anxiety inducing to see these like crazy straight parties and being like i remember being in these situations too and feeling extremely uncomfortable so it's like it's kind of a weird mix and it kind of inspired me to go back and listen to like some of the older music that I used to like and I used to like stuff that like to me it still sounds normal but I could imagine somebody who's you know 10 years older than me listening to say like Aphex Twin or something in the late 90s and being like what the fuck is this sure so it's like I understand I I understand like if you're if the electronica you grew up on was like Gary Newman Mm -hmm. and you're like look at window liquor like that would probably seem strange and crazy to you exactly and so that's just I'm able to see that. I'm like, you know, I can see that going on. It's like, well, this isn't my music, but I can understand how it would make you feel like you're young and like you're, you're cool. And like, you're listening to something that's like 
the old people don't understand. Yeah, but I feel like even with Skrillex, it was a, sort of a smart choice because I think it speaks to, oh, I feel, I, I'm already barfing. This is like my every time I say verisimilitude. <laughs> There's an irony to this movie in, it, in, in, mm-hmm. it, in its contra- constant contradictions. And I feel like Harmony and Corinne was really smart in choosing Skrillex because Skrillex is really awful music. And here we are 10 years like separated from his hey- heyday. And I feel like more people think that dubstep is bad now than ever. And I almost feel like Harmony Corinne picked it because he knew that in 10 years, even fans of this are going to be like, what was I thinking? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because the, the main song, the plays over the opening credits is called like i don't even know what it's called but it's like that's the best he ever got oh sure sucks oh it's so bad (laughs) like when i worked at the record store this is when the movie came out and like it was the height of like skrillex's fame that was like the height of dubstep popularity and i remember like i was playing like the skrillex album this was off of and one of my coworkers came into like the room where like we make the playlist like the back office he just goes what is this shit uh and he was a big electronica fan like he made electronic music like in his spare time and he looked at the playlist he goes oh skrillex of course it is like even other like electronica musicians or composers like thought skrillex was just shitty crap like capitalizing on like an accident trend I mean, all that said, I don't hate the score when well, it's the, not like Skrillex music. The which Cliff he did. Martinez score is very thoughtful and emotional. Oh, I thought he worked with Skrillex to do it. He did. Oh, okay. But it's like he often just like did like orchestral versions of like the Skrillex song. Okay, I don't hate that. I kind of like that. Yeah. So, which shows that there's music there. There's just something about the execution that. Sucks. Well, like. Dubstep, like, I I mean, I'm sure it achieves a certain goal, but it's really kind of inherently ugly music. And it's weird to think that, that, you know, you're dancing and having a good time to ugly music. You know what I mean? It's like punk, though. It pisses off the parents. So It does piss off the parents, but it's like a, a different coworker of mine, like, he was a DJ, and, like, you know, he'd do hip-hop and electronica, and, like, He's like, you know, when you're in that mindset and like people are dancing and having a good time, like you always want to do like a wild card. And he's like, and then I'd throw on Aphex Twin and like the dance floor would just empty. And he's like, it was always heartbreaking because you, you would, he's like, you hope that like people are in the zone and that like you put on Aphex Twin and like they still keep having this good time. And it's just like, it just never panned out. Like yeah. it just never does. But for some reason, like Skrillex seemed to attract that crowd where like even though it is strange and kind of ugly music people did dance and have a good time to it but like that's the contradiction that i think harmony corinne's always kind of looking for in his movies like trying to find you know beauty and ugliness or or the other way around because it's like that first opening scene it's like girls gone wild but it's done slow-mo and it's done close up like you don't actually see a lot of faces like it's just random torsos random body parts because there's like one scene of like close-up of boobies like shaking around but it's like it looks like alien eyeballs Mm -hmm. like or fish eyes like looking in different directions as they're like jiggling like it's not sexy even though 
like it's a hot body, like it should be sexy, but it doesn't feel sexy. Like there's that contradiction there of like, yeah, you know, everything on paper, like you know, hot girl, hot body, topless, slow mo. And for some reason, she's like, this is unpleasant. Yeah, this is deeply upsetting. Yeah, uh, or like the dudes with like the beer cans as dongs. Oh like, man, like how gross is that? I, and it's especially gross in like a Me Too movement era. I know. It's like it was. I remember seeing this in theaters and thinking like, this is disgusting. But also, like, watching it now, I'm like, this is even worse yeah. now. And I think something to point out about Harmony and Corinne, maybe in general, but specifically with this movie, is, like, I think he gets vilified for saying he endorses these things by showing them in his movies. Like, I don't think he's endorsing it by showing it. I think he's showing it to be, like, look how gross we are. Yeah. Because, like, I wouldn't... I don't doubt at all that people do that. Like, oh yeah, take I, their beer can and pour it from like where their dick is into a girl's mouth. Like a hundred percent, people do that. Yeah, on spring break probably. Like, oh well, I mean, supposedly he did hours of research by like pouring over these girls gone wild videos, and like my theory is like his wife, who's in the movie, like caught him as he's like jacking off to girls gone wild videos. Mm-hmm. And she's like, what are you doing? He's like, ah, I'm, I'm researching a movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah? Well, if you're researching a movie, put me in it then. He's like, I will. And like this whole movie. I was planning is, on it. Yeah, this whole movie is just like a bluff that like no one wanted to call. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. But it's like, yeah, he probably saw some of this shit in some Girls Gone Wild video or some found footage on YouTube of Spring Break. Yeah. But it's like... I'd be hard pressed that, to think that someone could watch like the opening scene of this and think that it was erotic or that he was even glamorizing this behavior. Like it's so grotesque that like you have to think that it's like just objectively dehumanizing. It's like it's so gross cuz like we don't see their faces. There's no humanity yeah. to any of this. And that's the next thing is like he gets called out for being exploitative. And even then, I don't I don't even think that's what he's doing. I f- it feels like it's like holding a mirror up and being like, this is what happens. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying he's being objective about it because it, it does sort of seem like he's trying to say, look how gross we are. But he also like films it lovingly. So, well, yeah, it's, it's it's a weird juxtaposition that I like. It makes me like, I, I don't know how to pronounce the cinematographer's name. It's like Benoit something. Okay. He, he does like the cinematography for all of uh, Gaspar Noé's movies. Oh, Makes um, sense. Yeah. Like, but super talented, but seems to gravitate towards these transgressive films. Enfant terribles. Yeah, sure. Uh, I'm sorry. Enfants terrible. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Thank you. Yeah, I, I think Harmony Corinne's just like genuinely interested in the human experience. And like, you know, we both try not to yuck anyone else's yum. And someone could presumably find this stuff erotic, but like no one in this room, (laughs) maybe your cat, but, and we're not prudes. We've watched pornography before. Like, um, fast forward to the beginning of the episode. (laughs) (laughs) Like this is more dehumanizing than really any pornography that I've watched. 
or gotten off to. Right. But it also somehow encapsulates that youthful feeling. Like you, you kind of when you're when you're that, that young, that sense of reckless abandon. Yeah, you kind of don't care if you're dehumanized. You're like, maybe I want to be like debased a little bit right now well that's the other thing that i was thinking is like how intoxicating is like male attention to these ladies oh my god you know that's the first thing we get introduced to them to is they're like spring break and they're like sucking fake dicks yeah and it's like are they conditioned that way is it just their you know newly found sense of sexuality or sensuality like there's something about this type of male intention that women seem to to crave in and, this movie in this movie yeah yeah but i mean i i grew up when mtv had like spring break all week long it's not far removed from even the shit that i would see on those yeah and i mean i've never been to spring break in florida st petersburg florida but like maybe it is like this i don't know i don't know how realistic this is yeah but you know you get a bunch of horny 20 somethings together I mean, I've been to enough college parties to know that, like, even though I I went to them here in the Northwest, like, clothes came off and people were gross. Like, it's not that hard to make the leap to being like, well, if you're on a beach and everyone's in bikinis and board shorts. Bikinis like, and big booties, y'all. This is what it would maybe look like. I don't know. I've, I've never been to Florida at spring break, but, like, it's, that sounds logical so flip side of this is like even though it's all gross and dehumanizing and and just completely over the top sexual we never really see like sexual assault in this movie like even though the perception of these young girls who are 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 young women really as britney spears would say you know not a girl not yet a woman (laughs) you would think that assault would play in to some scene in this movie because you know they get to spring break they go to a party and there's even the the one dude who's like god damn you look sexy i want that pussy baby <laughs> you're never gonna get this pussy i never gonna get this pussy uh-uh. never gonna get this pussy <laughs> she doesn't get raped later she doesn't <laughs> like and she doesn't have sex with a guy either yeah like And he doesn't kill her or anything like that. (laughs) It's just like he says that he wants it and she says that you're not going to get it and he doesn't get it. Yeah. Like, there's just, there's a lot of things in this movie. Oh my God, it's kind of wholesome in that way. (laughs) If a different filmmaker had made this, I would expect, like, some sort of sexual assault to happen in the movie. Like, everything seems to be like, this is leading up to it. They're drinking, they're doing drugs, they're young ladies surrounded by horny men. I would argue it comes real close with James Franco and uh, Selena Gomez when what? she's when she asks to leave. I mean, he's he's just he's just being tender. Mm, but I, no, but no, it's it, real close there. It, it edges up to that line, but like I think that's what Harmony Corinne was sort of like gaming for here is that like we're showing people in both familiar territory and unfamiliar territory so it's like we have these young girls and it's like what are uh uh i keep saying girls i don't mean to do that i'm sorry everyone we have these young women they're college students they're women yeah like they're young women we have these young women it's like what are the quadrants that we allow young women to like be in like they can be sluts or moms they can be sluts maybe not mom sluts or virgins 
And they're allowed to be horny, but only if it's horny for you. They're not allowed to be violent or aggressive, though. It's like if you had gender role reverse this movie and had a bunch of college guys rob like a diner. Yeah. Like, would it be as affecting as seeing these four young women rob a diner? Oh, not at all. Like, that's part of the shock of it is that we're not used to seeing young women inhabit this lane of being really aggressive, of being borderline violent. You know what I mean? Yeah. Also, great one Oh, the drive-by? The diner, or, yeah. yeah. The, the circling the diner while the robbery is going on? Yeah. I remember that from the first time I watched it, and it didn't disappoint this time either. Real good. But then, like, these scenes are juxtaposed with them, like, being, like playful like on the verge of a pillow fight or tickle fight in like the dorm hallway in their underwear it's also like juxtaposed with like the scene of them just singing britney spears and so there's just these like hard juxtapositions of like things that we expect young women to do versus this like really aggressive violent behavior and like that like, and I, I don't know what else to call it except, like, cinematic irony, and I hate <laughs> saying that. But it, it's those things that make the movie unsettling and uncomfortable. Like, we don't see them hurt anyone. Mm-hmm. Like, they don't kill anyone. This isn't natural-born killers. This isn't... Well, they kill some people at the end. At the end, yeah. But just in the, the this first part where they're, mm-hmm. like, getting the money to go on spring break, like... Right, right, right. They're, they have a squirt gun and a hammer, so they can't really. Yeah, like... No one is is really hurt. Like, yeah, the diner loses some money. But there is something disturbing about watching young women like this be that aggressive that, like, we as an audience just aren't used to seeing. And we, we don't expect from, like, the young women in our lives. Yeah. Especially when you consider the fact that, like, I've seen what would you do segments on TV or, like, video webs where it's, like, is a bike with a chain around it and you have, like, a young white man trying to saw through the chain mm. and you know people are like is that is that your bike and it's like oh yeah it's my bike and they kind of like okay well oh, if it, and then and then they have a young black man do it and i was like gonna calling say, the cops if this was gender reversed and race reversed yeah. where it was like four young black men like oh forget about it yeah but then they do the exact same experiment with the young white woman and people come up and help her mm-hmm. this movie is kind of playing on that trope too where it's like they get away with the robbery, by yeah, the way. Yeah. And they get away with other things, too, apparently. Well, I mean, we'll get to it, I suppose. But, like, uh, yeah, it's playing with that trope. Trope's not the right word. What am I trying to say? Perception. Yeah. Like, like perception. Expectation of this type of character. Yeah. Just in that, in, that, in that zone, I really like that you pointed out that there is no sexual assault, really, in the movie. Because it just seems like someone's going to get raped. Well, yeah. I I mean, all the signs kind of point to that. And it's like when one of the characters does feel uncomfortable because it's like when she gets to go home. Yeah. Like when when they start hanging out with Alien and like his weird crew, like one of the girls is like, I don't know, they're 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 touching me. It's like and we don't see it's not like assault assault. It could just be close quarters they're bumping into each other and she just doesn't like the vibe well and like i, I mean i get that whole i like the selena gomez storyline in this faith because, 
faith yeah and normally i wouldn't be like rooting for the religious character but i like her storyline because like when the vibe is good and she's like i like this this feels right i feel like i'm myself here but like as soon as they get arrested and then they get bailed out and they're suddenly like next level spring break forever and it's like this isn't what i signed up for i'd like to go home Mm -hmm. yeah he like james franco alien makes a hard play to get her to stay by like touching her face and saying i really like you a lot and da 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 but she gets to go yeah like it 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 edges right up to that line of being inappropriate with i i don't ever actually think crossing it boy i mean i guess it depends on who you ask it's it's on the line i mean if we're I going by say. notes on a scandal rules here and she's 19 oh, no. <laughs> then like everything's game yeah. but it's like we still look at the, the the four women in this, and like I keep saying girls because they look so young. I was gonna say there's a power dynamic going on here. Oh, I mean totally, which totally. makes it like, boy, it really just depends. Well, on, I don't on, know. Is there like what? One hundred percent. He bailed them out of jail. She feels like she owes him something. Yeah, but I mean, she doesn't actually. I know, but like she feels like she she does. There's a power. That's the power dynamic going on. Yeah, and for her to stand up to him and say no, I want to go, even after he's like, I really want you to stay. I don't know you. All right. I'll tell you what. I like you. I like you. I ain't gonna do nothing to hurt you. You see that? If you want to go home, you can go home. But then you're just going to be home. You're going to be back right where you started. And you're going to be thinking, hmm, maybe I missed something out there. You want to go? Nothing's wrong. Nothing's wrong. I want to go home. I know. You can. God damn, I like you so much. Like I said, it's on the line, and it, it depends on your definition of how how wide that line is. Sure, sure. So it's like if him face-touching her and like getting real close and being like, please stay, please stay, is acceptable in and it sounds like you think it is, then, like, great. If, and pressuring but, 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 her in that I, way. I, I don't want to go as far to say that it's acceptable. I would say that it's not a crime. Well, the, I would, he's it's not, no crime, but it's I, like... I, I, would, I would say that he's not doing anything immoral. Uh, again, <laughs> like, we're on the line. Like, being affectionate isn't necessarily... Yeah. But it, is he being affectionate, or is he just trying to get her to, like, well, okay. manipulative? Well, this is also my thing, is, like, I really kind of read it like he genuinely likes these women. Okay. Like, he actually seems to have feelings for them. Because they... Well, maybe. He does let his guard down. He, he lets his guard down, but he's also not, like, knee-deep in poon. You know? He doesn't have other girls or women coming around 
it's just these four. Yeah, in a different movie, he'd have like an an old lady who's like, "Who are these people?" and like, who gets real jealous about the new girls coming in? Right, it'd be more of a tangerine situation. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like he'd be okay. Uh, that's a good point. That's a good point. It there is something to be said. Like I think that Alien, there is, I'm sure, a, a surface attraction there, but they don't show him as like a player. Like they don't show him. Like, he's a wannabe player. He, yeah, but they don't. He, he's not. He, he doesn't have other like women around. But that, he want he wants that. He doesn't to go have with slam his... pieces like on the side. It's like he's honed in to like these four women, and that's what he he wants. And even like that three way in the pool, that skeezy skeezy three way in the pool. Oh, oh, I think you mean sexy, sexy. <laughs> It's like there's not enough chlorine in the world <laughs> to clean that pool. You got to drain that. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the pool. pool's ruined. You just got to install a new one. I think I love you. We think we love you. And th- there's a couple scenes where it's like where Alien seems to be kind of taken off guard at the affection that he's receiving. You know what I mean? Like No, I like this dude a lot because he is all about building his image as like a hardcore gangster. Yeah. And like you know what would really help with that? Getting and, rid of that grill. An entourage of women. <laughs> <laughs> that grill, man. Just. Can we can we okay. Maybe this is just my ignorance. What the fuck is up with grills? Like, what are what are they for? What do they do? What a fucking waste of money! Like they're fucking. I have idiots. so much money. I don't know what to do with it. Where am I gonna put it on my teeth? I'm gonna talk funny. My lips are gonna look weird because like they're bulging now. Jesus Christ! I don't get it. I Who? do not. I, I, please, I, someone explain it to me. Yeah, please. chime in if you know the appeal of a grill. But no, to to your point, it's right. It's like an entourage of women because Gucci Mane kind of has that. Like he's got his wife and his girlfriend and, and things like that. Yeah. And it's just part of the lifestyle. Like that would be, he's like, Oh, I've already got the guns. I've already got the place. I got the money. Yeah. He's like, next thing I need is I need some, some bitches. And so you would think like, Oh, maybe these are going to be his bitches, Mm -hmm. but he doesn't treat them that way. Yeah. Maybe because he doesn't, I mean, I don't know. He's he's learning how to be this hard player that he wants to be, and so maybe he doesn't know how to. Or I don't know. Maybe this is this is how you win, bitches. I don't know. <laughs> Are you telling me that your stable of bitches <laughs> j- just appeared one day? Uh, Matt, I'll be honest. I have no bitches, <laughs> uh, and I wouldn't know how to take care of that just uh, means that you're somebody's bitch no <laughs> yeah i'm an independent lady but but i like that you're pointing out that like he's all about that that image and that maybe he does and then maybe you do have to care for your bitches a little bit in order for that to work i also like so, that we've moved on from like me not saying girls to saying women to just bitches <laughs> well i'm saying it from alien's perspective he probably thinks of them in those terms Uh uh-huh and so you know in order to have a 
uh, cadre of women <laughs> that worship you. How do you get that? How do you, how do you get that next step? And mm-hmm. like, he's, he's, that's what he's, we're seeing, we're witnessing in this movie. He's, he's working that out. Yeah. It's just, you know, usually it, uh, if that were his goal to get his, his, his cadre of bitches, you know, you'd think that we'd see, or we'd have more scenes of him feeding them drugs or, or something, or, or something to or get treating them, them poorly. Or, yeah. It's something to get them hooked into staying with him. But there's a number of scenes where the power dynamic is shifted in the other direction. The scene with the guns. Oh my like, god! He, he, here he's showing off his guns and his money. Look which at is, all my shit. Which is very in line with what with what we expect this type of character to do. But then the 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 young women start picking up the guns, and then he's the cautious one. He's like, "It's loaded. Don't point that at me." He's like. Seriously, don't point these guns at me. Uh-huh. And they, like, get high off this power trip. Oh, they love it. Careful with that. It's loaded. Mm-hmm. That's loaded. Mm. That's better. Careful. Yeah, it's fucking nice. Point it at me. It's a nice fucking gun. Don't point it at me. Sit the fuck down. Get down on your motherfucking knees. Get down. On your motherfucking knees. Do you know who you're fucking talking to? Sick motherfucker, aren't you? You are. You think that you can just fucking own this? Open huh? your mouth. Open your fucking mouth. You like that, don't you? I'm uh, not turned on, <laughs> but uh, not turned off either. <laughs> yeah, it's a uh, well. I mean, I don't know. We've talked about James Franco making out in front of a mirror before. Where I mean, I'm like, mm. we'd be remiss if we didn't at least address James Franco's real life sort of skeeziness. You know, yeah, what the fuck? Uh, Eric Blood sent me a, a dick pic of his. Um, Eric Blood's dick. No, James Franco's dick. Oh, how does he have James Franco's dick? Pic? I guess it circulates in in the in the Silver Lake area. <laughs> okay, uh, please forward that to me. <laughs> okay, yeah. I, I don't know how I missed out on I, this text I, like, thread. Th- there's no way to verify if it's real, of course, but it's like, yeah, presumably James Franco's dick. But it's like, yeah, there was that time that like he was like hitting on that girl that he met online, and she's like. I'm 16, and he's like, so when are you coming over? Yeah, yeah. It's oh, like, but he, he, problematic person. Yeah. Problematic and, role, <laughs> honestly, in some ways. Also, like, a perfect role for James Franco, though. Just expert casting, but... How do we feel yeah, How do we feel about him and his performance in this movie, Go. Well, him as a person, I, I, A, I find kind of obnoxious. His, like, everything is art. Sexuality is, like, whatever we want it to be, because it's like... You know, he's probably the two or three on the Kinsey scale. Like he did that interior leather bar thing. Um, That's gay baiting. We yeah. Well, I also just kind of think that you know he he, he's turned fought. on a little bit. Yeah, I think he wants to get a load dumped in him. Oh, like, okay. a little bit. Yeah. And so, like, he himself is slightly problematic, but I think he's also a very good actor. And 
I think this is the exact type of role that he can sink his grill into. Like, <laughs> he can just lose himself. Yeah, he's good in this movie. It just, I don't want to admit it, but it, it's true. Yeah. I No, I, I, I really like his performance in this. Like, he might have a problem with boundaries in real life, but I think his sort of everything is art mentality works real well for this role. I don't like the character of Alien very much. Uh, and he makes him kind of lovable in a weird way. And I kind of like that too. This movie's all about like hard juxtapositions. Well, yeah, because, you know, okay, so we as the audience anticipate sexual assault at some point. That never really happens. Like at, at one point, one of them does complain about like, you know, being at that party and being touched. But we never see anything. Like it's not like we, it's not like any of them pull a trump and grab him by the pussy or anything like that. Yeah, not to say that it didn't happen. Nothing seems like what they weren't expecting to come down here for. Yeah, and no one seems like upset about it in a way that it's like, oh, I wasn't expected to to feel this. But I mean, yeah, the, there's. I mean, honestly, this is sort of like I think uh, uh, the Terrence Malick movie you always want. There's these like whispery, meaningful narrations on top of like gorgeous cinematography in a kind of largely plotless movie like it's it's like a skeezy Terrence Malick movie good point I (laughs) wanted to talk about the style of this because it is like okay so as the person who has to find audio clips for the podcast Mm -hmm. some movies are harder than others and the ones that are the hardest and I'm gonna go I'm gonna uh, reference specifically there's something about Kevin that movie, because there's so much like voiceover and just, you know, overlapping dialogue and music over montage sort of shots. It's very difficult to find specific things. Like I can't just be like, Oh, in this scene, they're talking about this. Like as you're scrubbing along, it's very hard. And this movie, while I was watching, I was like, it, this is going to be that movie. Mm. The same thing, because you're going to reference something. And I'm gonna be like, well, fuck, that could be anywhere in this 45 minute span. <laughs> and it's not going to correspond to what I'm seeing as I'm scrubbing through. And so I don't know what that style is, what you'd call it. It's yeah. very like more of Collars, another movie that's like this. Uh, so you're saying Lynn Ramsey. Lynn Ramsey. Does she loves it. Time, yeah. She loves it. Um, but like, it's it's sort of like it makes it have like a dreamlike quality where it's like voices are talking over sort of mon- montages. Really, it's like montage after montage. In sure. A way. Well, because like there's you know one of them's like writing or calling home to grandma like right as they get exactly. to spring break. Yeah. Hi, grandma. Having so much fun here. This place is special. I'm starting to think this is the most spiritual place I've ever been. I think we found ourselves here. We finally got to see some other parts of the world. We saw some beautiful things here. God, I can't believe how many new friends we made. Friends from all over the place. I mean, everyone was so sweet here. So warm and friendly. It's way more than just having a good time. God, it was so nice to get a break from reality for a little while. We'll always remember this trip. 
if you just listened to the movie and didn't watch it, you'd think that there was like someone having like a journey, like a mm-hmm. spiritual journey or awakening. But then if you just watch the imagery of them on scooters running around, it's like smoking blunts, smoking blunts, peeing on the street. Oh. Like, the peeing on the street comes right as they're saying, we've seen such beautiful things. Yeah, of course. And, like, you know, once again, like, that plays into, like, the juxtapositions, these, like, contradictions that, like, the movie's constantly putting at us. That it's, like, what we're expecting from these archetypes is not what we're actually getting out of this. Like, we don't expect to see young, attractive women in bikinis peeing on the sidewalk. Right. But we get that. And, yeah, and if you and that's to... layer on top of we've seen such beautiful things. Yeah, and I imagine if you go to spring break, and it's, like, you know expectations versus reality so it's like these girls are going they're expecting a certain thing and the reality is peeing on the side of the road and they're like squatting to pee and like having to like pull the bikini to the side like yeah it's it's a very realistic pee to my understanding of of how ladies pee (laughs) quick aside but maybe i'll digress into the movie my friend Jen, happy birthday, Jen. We're recording this on your birthday. <gasps> it's not being released on your birthday. We're recording it on your birthday. Recent extra. Uh, recent extra. You share a birthday with Brad Dorif, <gasps> who we just saw in Fatal Beauty. We did a little like Netflix party thing. How about that? Wait, you didn't mention that he was in Fatal Beauty. Yeah, he's like one of the goons in Fatal Beauty. <gasps> Fucking love Brad Dorif. <laughs> so, um, I thought we could get him on the pod. She's a doctor, like an actual medical doctor. A doctor? And she recently uh, revealed to me that she doesn't understand how men pee sitting down. Why? Well, I, I was like, well, what, well, what's the problem? Like, it just kind of dangles there and, like, the rest does its, like, the job does itself. The bus drives itself once you're sitting. <laughs> uh-huh. And she goes, well, like, <laughs> how do you, like, get it into the bowl? The bowl's big enough for your junk. Well, she's like, well, like, how does, like, the pee go between your legs? How, how does she think men are Well, I, I was like, do you think that, like, we close our legs and, like, pinch our balls and junk, like, on the other side of our thighs? She goes, no, I thought you kept them on top. <laughs> no, you can tuck that shit down. Well, I was like, also, we don't close our legs typically to pee. That's right. I definitely like, I pee. Jen, I'm talking to you. This is right to you. I pee sitting down all the time. Like, oh, wow. If I wake up in the middle of the night. Well, in the middle of the night, you don't want to turn on a light. I'm not turning like, on lights. Yeah, no, and no, I'm no. not going to try and hit the bowl standing up. Your sonar's not that good. Also, I'm tired. So uh, I sit down. You work hard all day. You deserve to, to take a rest. Thank you. You sit down. You open your legs and you just tuck it down into the bowl and everything just shoots right down but i don't even have to hold it i realize like this is a medical doctor who thought that like men pee sitting down by like having their legs tightly clamped together with their with their bits up top and like they would just pee and i guess let it like drizzle down (laughs) i I wasn't totally sure maybe you fell asleep in that class i i i want to hear more jen please chime in (laughs) Anyway, when we were watching Fatal Beauty, we were uh, once it was done. We we're like, oh well, like let you know, it's still early in the night. Let, let let's see if we want to do another movie. And Fatal Beauty was directed by Tom Holland, who also directed Child's Play and a little movie called Fright Night. Okay, 
uh, oh, we do it via Plex, so it's like a shared screen situation. And she goes, have I seen Fright Night? And I was like, yeah, we watched it together at all freaking night. Like, she's like, I can't be expected to keep track of all my wheelings and dealings. <laughs> so I was like, I'm like, uh, I, I, if, if I, I did drive down to Olympia, it was like a two hour drive and we saw this movie. Like, it's a memorable experience. It's a journey, but whatever. You don't remember seeing it. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. So last night when I was watching Spring Breakers, and Gucci Mane showed up, and I was like, that stupid fucking face tattoo. I was like, hey, Jen, do you remember that time we went camping and someone camped next to us and that lady had a face tattoo? Immediate response, oh, my God, yes, I do. <laughs> this, would, this would have been within the same, like, couple years of one another. I was like, okay, okay, so you don't remember traveling all the way to Olympia to see this movie. You do remember being mildly inconvenienced by a woman with a face tattoo. And she goes, well, yeah, that doesn't happen every day. <laughs> and I was like, all right, all right, that's fair, that's fair. Gucci Mane, that fucking face tattoo. Is that not the most obnoxious face tattoo you've ever seen in your life? I'm going to be honest, I didn't notice the face tattoo. The ice cream cone? Where? On his cheek? I don't, I didn't, I didn't notice it. I'm sorry. Rewatch the movie. Look closely. There's... The whole movie? Can't I just Google a picture of Gucci Mane? <laughs> yeah, he's got a fucking face tattoo of an ice cream cone where, like, the tip of the cone is near his chin and it widens over his cheekbones. Oh, I think I thought that was a beard. No. Face tattoo. Wait, can we pause it and I just look real fast? Yeah, go for it. No. <laughs> yeah, it's like I've known some people with like tasteful face tattoos. This one's not tasteful. Oh my god, it says burr on the cone. <laughs> we're we're having a real life discovery here, folks. And he has like a throat tattoo of electronic arts logo. Oh, Gucci. What are you doing? I feel like the Gucci main casting was like right up there with like the Skrillex score where it's like Harmony Crone's like, this is going to look real stupid in 15 years. <laughs> oh, no, that's bad. That's bad. Yeah. I actually I didn't know that was I didn't know. I didn't know. Yeah. So, yeah, Jen and I mutually bonded over face tattoo or hatred of it. Rather, it, if you were to. See, face, I like, neck tattoos are fine. Once you start getting on the face, that's where it's, like, well, it's too like, far I, for me. I had a coworker that had tattoos on her forehead, like, where, like, bangs would cover. Mm-hmm. So you could only really see them if she had her hair, like, pulled back. And, like, they, but they were, like, they looked like ivy or something. Like, they were fairly tasteful. Ice cream cones as burr? He he's given up all his receptionist jobs by doing that. <laughs> we well, we haven't talked about Britney Spears enough. Well, I mean, honestly, I think that Britney Spears scene is like the zenith of the movie. Like we get this dense collection of contradictions and juxtapositions cuz it's like one, nothing really about Alien makes makes us think that he's he's deeper than than what we're seeing on the surface. But he plays piano. It, he's like, a musician. Like it it it's it's a good contradiction. It's not like 
he's this like idiot DJ rapper that's also a Civil War buff. Like, he, he, it's like it, it's plausible that he can play piano. Yeah, you know what I mean. Uh, Even though the only thing we see him perform is that stupid. We gotta get what is it like? Them smoke boys. Whatever it is, it's terrible. I call that bitch Beyonce. I get an ounce for eight fifty, but it's super lean like a sack though. If you run it right and you see the light, not two times at the back door. Hanging with them dope boys. Hanging with them dope boys. My motherfucking wrist go ham. Uh, and you think like, wow, this guy sucks. But yeah. it's like, no, he's got musicianship it's just this is the type of music he chooses to make and uh listeners will uh uh, careful listeners out there will uh recall that i referenced this exact scene as i said this movie at the end of our our fast binder film bender because i said that uh for the next season we're going to be doing something uplifting and inspiring by a little-known director named harmony corinne i see something to show off our sensitive side um so you can go back and listen to the Fastbinder episode and hear me yeah. reference this exact. I mean, it was scene. a good episode. So <laughs> yeah, it was a great episode. You're gonna have a great hour and a half or whatever it was. But it's like okay, so nothing about Alien's character makes us think that he's at all talented, but he plays the piano. And then we have these young women coming out in their DTF uh, uh, sweatpants mm-hmm. and uh, uh, balaclavas. Uh, pardon? Balaclavas. Are those the face masks? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. But they're bright pink. Uh, which are sort of dehumanizing because they really show off your teeth, which is not... Makes me think of that uh, Alice. Oh. The mm-hmm. the stop motion thing that we okay. watched. Yeah. Not attractive, whatever it is. Okay. So it's like, yeah, hot pink, DTF sweatpants, young women... Also shotguns. Like that that's a that's a hard collection of contradictions all in like one character. Over a Britney Spears ballad. Yeah, and we find out that Alien can play piano and that he can play it you know, from heart. There's no sheet music in front of him. He knows the song verbatim from heart. Mm-hmm. And the song is playing over like these scenes of them going causing trouble. And boy, this really makes me wish for Harmony Korn music video. There's just a lot of stuff in this that I thought really timed up well, especially like, you know, the song takes like a minor chord change and the scene that we, we, we get when it does that chord change is like James Franco, Alien, with a gun pointed at the camera with this like hard light behind him as he's like smiling and that grill is there and the gun is there but the song is so like melancholy Britney Spears has such a saccharine voice like it's just this weird combination of emotions like the song makes us think that we should be sad but what we're seeing makes us think that we should be scared it's also kind of a weird song because it's like there's like tablas playing too <laughs> oh is there yeah so there's like some incongruity within the song that we're hearing and it's not like a big hit of hers. No, this is a deep cut. <laughs> yeah. It's a BS deep cut. Yeah. For me, the, this is sort of a summation of the movie. It it has all the contradictions, because it's like the young women, which we don't expect to be violent in any way, and they're dancing to Britney Spears, but like with shotguns, and then we're also seeing them be violent towards 
like what we would think would be scary to them, like you know, older, more aggressive men, but like they're the aggressors to them. The Britney Spears scene, while super memorable, I had heard about the Britney Spears scene like more than anything from this movie before yeah. I saw it. And this and the diner robbery are the two big takeaways I had from the first time I watched it. And it's just it 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 really I don't know it speaks to like sort of a, a visual poetry that I think Harmony Korine really is really good at. And I don't know that, that scene, like a, you could watch it independently and take meaning from it. But I think it also is a summation of the movie itself, like as a whole question. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned this movie being a time stamp, And so I wonder by the use of, and I think Britney Spears is a great way to timestamp something because it's like, she was big for after we watched that Britney Spears documentary, she influenced people for like four years or something. And like, but when she in those four years, like really influenced people, how old do you think alien is? Do you think he really, he knew this song? Well, I guess this is a two part question where in Britney Spears work. Does this song come from? If you know, and B, I think it was off her third album, so like the same album as Toxic. Okay, do you think he actually enjoyed listening to Britney Spears and like genuinely was like, oh, I like this song, I'm gonna learn it, or do you think he learned it to maybe like impress the girls, or why? Why does he know this song? I I think what's he, his age? I think he genuinely likes it. I think he's probably around my age, honestly, like okay. maybe a little older, uh, but in tune with popular music. And yeah, I mean, it'd be a lot to learn a song and just anticipate them making you play something. So he was like 27 while to their like 20. Like, so he was like late 20s to their early 20s in this yeah, movie? Yeah, that seems plausible. Like maybe borderline 30. Okay. But I mean, if Britney Spears was big in 98 and if he was 30 in 2012, I don't do math that well that quickly in my head. <laughs> I mean, he probably could have been a touch too old for it, but if someone was really interested in being in the music scene or was maybe he, he is, instead of being a rapper, he was trying to be a producer or songwriter at some point, had to familiar himself with the, the pop music of the day. I mean, it, it is sort of a reach, but I think that's what makes the scene affecting is we're not anticipating him to play Britney Spears. Like, I mean, it's not important. I'm just curious, like, if he's maybe knowing that oh this is probably something these girls would like i'm going to do this to impress them and then learning it because he wants them to be his bitches well, i mean we also don't know what or, the time span is like how long has he has has have they been his bitches sure we don't know but like because when, it, when i mean i guess it makes a difference because like, i want to know if he's learning it to impress them and uh keep I, them or if he's just like it's something he had in his back pocket i think it's something he had his, in his back pocket because i i think it it's a reasonable extension of his character to know this song. But like I said, it, it's not like he knows about Mesopotamia or something. Like he's not like a secret history buff. Like it's reasonable that he knows pop music. It would be unreasonable, I think, to to have him be like to know damn engineering, you know? <laughs> yeah, I would. <laughs> so I, 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 that that's like just another contradiction of the character. We don't expect him to know Britney Spears, but it's not so much of a contradiction that it takes us out of the movie or thing like that couldn't happen. Yeah. We're bouncing around 
the edge of reason here, Bridget Jones's diary style. And then to add on to the contradiction of images, it's like that beautiful waterfront property right as the sun is setting. And it's like, it's gorgeous, you know, not to brag. I get sunset views. Now it's the summer and the sun has moved. Yeah, we know. Uh, <laughs> We've seen. <laughs> but we have mountains here. So it's like the sun sets at the mountains. This is Florida. Like the sun sets at the waterline. You see it go below the horizon. Yeah. yeah. Like th- that's different. Like oh, it, totally. it's, it's a sight. And so, yeah, there's just a lot of things. It's like women with guns in masks who are down to fuck dancing to Britney Spears with shotguns by this weird creepo alien dude at sunset on the water in Florida in a piano outside while also committing these horrible crimes and beating people. Yeah. Like to me, like that's the whole movie yeah. that that whole scene is a synect key of the rest of the film. Okay. Okay. I like it. I like it. I like it. I, like it. I have feelings about this movie. Yeah talking it over with you has really helped me to understand a little more why I like it. I like juxtapositions to quote Nina Garcia. I like the interplay of hard and soft. (laughs) Yeah. I like that. It puts together elements that I wouldn't normally think of as things that should like contradict each other. But um, that's, that's nice to see. It's so easy to look at even when it's hard to look at. Even while I've got alien boobies jiggling in front of me in slow motion, it's still kind of like, that looks cool. (laughs) Sure. You know, like the end, the final end, when we get to the end uh, and they're wearing those like neon, it's all black lit. Mm -hmm. They have like neon glowing things. I'm like, this just fucking looks awesome. Why don't we have more black lit neon shit? I don't know. I mean, I know it doesn't fit every movie, but it's like, it looks great. I mean, the, the ending is kind of like still like supports my thesis because it's like, you know, spoiler alert, Alien gets killed like yeah. right at the beginning of the, the shootout. But like the movie ends with the scene of like both of the women kissing him on the mouth, like the, the after dead body. After they've done the deed and killed Gucci Mane and all his entourage. Right. And then they give him a kiss and then they're just like spring break forever spring break forever spring break forever bitches spring break forever (laughs) spring break forever bitches and that's what makes me think it's like even though everything about this movie makes me think sexual assault we don't actually see it, and it really appears like that there was a genuine affection between at least the last two women and Alien. Because, mm-hmm. like, that three-way scene in the pool, plus, like, the kiss on the mouth at the end, like, there's nothing in the movie that makes me think that they didn't care for him in some way. It was just a weird love. Sure. Well, but also, like... If you're just trying to capture a feeling and when you're a kid and yes, 20 year olds are kids like he represents spring break forever for them. And so for him to 
die, you know, when you're that age, it's like that kind of shit happens all the time or in, in your mind, like it's a, a, emotions a, a, are a heightened. A, a phase of your life is dying. Like you and I aren't going down to St. Pete's to have this type of spring break. I don't need it. <laughs> You live it. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you you know, you 40 year old otter. <laughs> uh, if you want to see it, it's $40 a month on Patreon. <laughs> when you're that young and this like, you know, this goes all the way back to like Romeo and Juliet, where it's like your romanticism is super heightened. And so capturing that, that feeling of like spring break forever this is what it looks like when you actually do anything you can to keep that feeling going, mm-hmm. you know? And mm-hmm. so that's why I think it's important that it ends with them driving off in a stolen car after having murdered a bunch of people and just saying spring break forever. Like, it's like, it's sort of like what natural born killers wants to be mm. where they're like, I have this freedom and I can only have this freedom in this way. Okay spring break represents freedom and this specific type of uh spring break meaning like i can be this person and forever means yeah i'm gonna have to kill people and steal cars and do this but like at least i can have this freedom or it just means that you can't take the this away from me like i will always have the memories of this spring break yeah you can't brainwash me you can't erase this this spring break is forever. Yeah. Any other thoughts on spring breakers? I think I'm good. It was a good pick. I enjoyed watching it. I enjoyed talking about it. So. Yeah. I really enjoyed talking about it. Yeah. It's usually one or the other for me. No. <laughs> uh, well, would you like to hear what's coming up next week? Nothing would please me more. I've got it narrowed down to three, and I think I'm going to narrow it down to two because I don't want to do that one. This is going to be a pass the buck? Uh-uh. Uh-uh. I'm going to pick. Either gonna, or? I can be decisive. Gosh. Okay. I'm going to do this like when I'm at a restaurant and I have two things in my mind. And the server says, what do you want to do? And I just say the first thing that comes to my mind. So be like the waiter here and say, just ask me, Ryan, what are we doing? So, uh, Ryan, what are we doing? Sicario. Oh, okay. Sure. It's just that's what came out. That's what we're doing. All right. Okay. Villanueva, I don't think we've done one since uh, Enemy. Right. Yeah. Sicario was a movie that I, when I saw it, I was like, wow, this is fantastic. I love Emily Blunt. Might have been the thing that turned me on to Emily Blunt. Um, we haven't done a blunt yet. We did Quiet Place. That's a quick and dirty. <laughs> okay, that's not that's not the proper form to express my blunt love. But no, I just uh, I I don't want this movie to fall off the radar with all the villain of uh, stuff that's happened since that movie because he did Arrival, he did Blade Runner twenty four nine, and with Dune coming out, it's like, hey, don't, let's let's sleep on Sicario, everyone. Oh. I don't know. That's it's, it's been on my list forever and. I feel like it'd be fun to watch. Yeah, I haven't seen it since it was uh, in theaters. I saw the, I saw this one at uh, 
AMC, I want to say. Cool, 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 cool. Maybe by the time uh, we record this, I'll be able to see movies in theaters again. Doubtful, but maybe. Let's plug our junk. Get the fuck out of here. Sword topic of coin. Join our Patreon. It's got loads of bonus content and could possibly have whole picks coming up. <laughs> Uh, otherwise, uh, leave us love wherever you get this podcast. Uh, reviews, star ratings, all that good stuff. Still looking for for more reviews and, and star ratings. And uh, of course, you can always reach out and touch us. Reach out, touch us by Twitter at xrated movies, Facebook at rated x movies, email x.rated.movies at gmail.com. Or I'll go to our website, xratedmovies.com. Oh, the ever-expanding X-rated universe. 19 seasons of movies you can go through. It's which... a little daunting. Like, th- th- there's sort of a balance that I do when, like, you know, creating, like, a-, a page on the website where it's like, you know, I want everything to be on one page. But, like, that means you have to scroll for, like, four hours to get to the bottom. Yeah. It's, it's a lot. And if you sign up for our Patreon, it's even more. Yeah. So just know that there's a lot there for you. Is that it for the week? Yeah, that's it for the week. Goodbye. Keep reaching for that rainbow. Thank you. Thank you.